away mattresses. Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. We're your guides on the emotional roller coaster that is FC Dallas fandom. In this week's episode, we discuss FC Dallas's 2-3 loss at Salt Lake and figure out what FC Dallas's trajectory looks like this in this waning season if they want to make the playoffs. Here with me is Jonathan Ross. Howdy, Jonathan. Hey, Dustin. Uh, happy Labor Day to you. And I uh, hope, hope all of our listeners enjoyed a, a nice long weekend. Right maybe maybe, and... maybe not maybe not nice if it's uh, if if there's soccer fans of the U.S. Men's National Team or FC Dallas, uh, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this pod, you're at least one of those. Uh, well, maybe wasn't a good it. weekend. It wasn't a good soccer weekend. It was not a good soccer weekend. No. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about that, um, and we'll we'll focus on on FC Dallas uh, for this episode. And maybe once the uh, you, you don't want to break down, uh, you know, the call of Josh Sargent should that have been Peppy last <laughs> night, you know, coming in. You don't want to get into that. I mean, th- th- is there much to break down? We all know the answer is yes. Of, of course, right? Yes, let the Peppy train roll. Hard hitting analysis right here. So, um, all right. Well, I mean, there is World Cup qualifying going on. So FC Dallas says they traveled to Real Salt Lake. Uh, on Saturday, they had a couple noticeable absences. Number one, the aforementioned Ricardo Pepe is out with the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Sobak Shun is out with Hungary. Vargas uh, is was, he's Venezuelan, right? And he's, yep. he's down there in South America. And those World Cup qualifiers, uh, let's see, Acosta, it, Brian Acosta is with Honduras. And... Um, yeah, and also there were some injuries. So Jimmy Jimmy Maurer seems to have had a setback, and uh, John Nelson's still out. So a lot of a lot of um, missing pieces in FC Dallas's jigsaw puzzle. So, but there was some good news. Jonathan, what was your good news? Well, I guess the the one piece of good news was that Paxton was back. So. That's 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 exciting, right? We we love to see Paxton uh, back on the pitch and uh, uh, you know going for a, a nice, decent, long run too. Yeah, always glad to see Paxton on the field. I mean, it was evident that the that that the team needed him in the past couple of matches, um, and so now they had him, but they needed some other things, and we'll kind of get into that. Um, they started off the the match. With replacing Ricardo Pepe with Frank O'Hara up top, and you know Paxton slotted in on left wing, and then Obreon got the right wing call up. And then were there were there any other surprises for you in that? John? No, not not really. I think that we expected with uh, Lucci whenever he gets a win, right? We'll almost always roll out the same lineup. So you knew that other than the players that were missing, right? And we knew that wouldn't be there. Uh, that he would likely do the the same thing. So we we kind of knew that uh, there were some people gone for international breaks. So those people would obviously not be starting, uh, and you know the rest of the team was was pretty much intact from the the Austin FC five three win. But uh, I mean, I guess first of all, it, I know that there's a lot of people who are as they've been watching some of these national team games or uh, you know checking out the box scores haven't been too happy to see players not really getting time. 
Uh, I think of the four players that have been gone for FC Dallas, only one of them has picked up any minutes, and that was uh, Acosta. Uh, I think he went a full 90 in the uh, Honduras' second match uh, after uh, not playing at all in the first match. And, and I know that a lot of people are probably, you know, obviously they want to see their 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 players get on the pitch and are upset that they're not with FC Dallas. But I do think that it's still it's important for a player like Ricardo Pepe um, to get that time with the national team, get that exposure, even if it doesn't end up with, you know, minutes on the field, right? I think it's still a, a positive positive thing for him and, and a step forward. Uh, I don't think Vargas is honestly significantly missed from this team, um, which kind of leaves, you know, Shabot Shun, who I think that watching him play in the in the last set of uh i think there were friendlies for hungry right we 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 didn't expect he he wasn't going to start right he may come in for some late minutes yeah i mean but facetime with with your national team coach is always a good thing for sure yeah and so i mean take it so taking you know the the spot number one was uh you know with ricardo pepe out probably the the biggest absence from the international perspective uh frank o'hara did have did take that starting position as center forward and and Har is a, a very different player as we as we know right from from Ricardo Pepe uh you know he's more of a true striker but he's you know he's on the let's say the, the late side of his career doesn't have the speed that the rest of that front line does for FC Dallas uh and is I mean he's he's a decent hold up player uh and so you know you see um I think just immediately, uh, you know, Frank O'Hara does have an impact on how this team plays up front, right? In the in the the, the speed at which they play, the, the, how they can overrun the box. Um, but despite all that, he did uh, manage to get on the scoreboard uh, and get the early lead for for FC Dallas one zero on a. I mean, it was a as a nice little play, right? With uh, uh, we we saw Jesus Freya, uh, you know. Pass it. Uh, Obreon does a little dummy right as it goes by him, uh, and then uh, uh, we see Frank O'Hara make the run, and uh, he makes makes a nice little finish. Yeah, it was an interesting play, and I think that that what we missed on the broadcast, at least the Univision broadcast, was the the build up to that, and it's it's that whole play is made by Jesus Ferreira marauding down the field unabated. From about the like, I don't know, a little bit past the circle, all the way into the to the top of the box, where he is able to make that pass, and he he runs that entire link without being harassed at all by an RSL player, and that really caused the backline of RSL to kind of get discombobulated, and allowed um, Obreon and Hara to kind of get in the front. Of uh, uh, and and cause that so yeah I I think for me like the, on, Hara gets the the credit Obrian had that cool dummy but that that whole thing is uh, Ferreira Ferreira set up for me yeah and it was and it was kind of the, the the cap of probably a good fifteen twenty minutes because uh, that would have been a 19th minute fifteen twenty minutes for FC Dallas right where the club came out really strong I had a couple of early opportunities. Um, they look like they were going to, you know, stay on the front foot uh, and you know, took that 1-0 lead and were able to hold on to it for the majority of the first half. Yeah. And 
in that run of the right up in that lead up to the goal, um, there are several possessions where FC Dallas was doing something that they haven't really done. They did for a while and they kind of got away from it. And then you, you saw against, uh, was it Seattle where there were 26 crosses and nothing to come, nothing to show for it. Um, you saw FC Dallas working to overload the box with numbers before they got the cross in. And, you know, there were several dangerous opportunities because they didn't just cross it right away. They waited until there were players in the box. And towards the end of the game, it, it, they did. They kind of got away from that again, and then the, the their possessions became less dangerous. If they, if, but when they when they get you know three four players inside the box to occupy defenders, it's it's a lot. Things go a little bit better for them. Yeah, and then after after that goal and after that that beginning kind of the wheels and the bus started to fall apart just just a, a little bit um, at the end of the half where it, it felt like there's there's two things, you know, outside of the goals, I'm sure we'll get into the goals themselves, but there's two things that I, that I noticed was um, FC Dallas was having a, a lot of trouble maintaining possession of the ball, making good passes. In fact, if you go back and look at the stats at, at the end of the match, I think there was only two players of all the starters who had more than an eighty percent pass completion rate, and that was uh, Hedges and and Cervinia. That's yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> RSL really frustrated FC Dallas as they were trying to um, build up through the back, and is right in the midfield. They were setting up traps uh, where FC Dallas players were, would pass into the traps, and then there would be either no place to pass or force a pass into a, a an area where the uh, backside RSL players were able to come in and intercept it. There's a lot of, a lot of main uh, possession lost in midfield for FC Dallas uh, uh, as they tried to break out from the back. And the, the plays where you saw them actually, you know, put pressure on them were the plays where um, they were able to kind of break that line uh, of, of RSL's midfield and kind of like go, go past it, go over it and um, use, use some of their speed, uh, to, to cause problems, but yeah. And that, that, that inability to maintain possession in the midfield as they're, as they're transitioning to the attack, it haunted them the entire game. And it, it really caused them problems when they were under pressure because then they couldn't break out. They couldn't relieve that pressure. And we saw that same thing happen against, uh, I think it was sporting Kansas city where they just were under pressure and they couldn't relieve that pressure through possession because it they just were making bad passes and, and getting getting stymied in the midfield you know i'm sure as we as we get later in the pod we can probably talk a bit about some of the the personnel um you know their their performances uh, i think that there's i mean there's there outside of jesus ferreira there was was not a whole lot of uh positive aspects but you know we can after we get through the match we can kind of break down and talk about you know where we think the club needs to go because uh, I think that there's there's definitely some things that we saw in that match that that need to be fixed and whether that be a personnel change or you know continued coaching. I don't know if if FC Dallas has enough time to rely on uh, coaching and corrections in midweek to uh, to right this ship. But you know, going into the 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 first goal, I'll kind of set it up, Dustin. If you want to just tell me you know what you saw, but really. You know, RSL, uh, I think it was coming off of uh, a, a, a failed set piece. Um, they get the ball back. Their uh, RSL has a 
uh, a cross that is uh, headed in. I honestly I can't remember who the RSL player was, but it was in in the box. If you look at it, there was basically four players who were being marked just by uh, by uh, Tafari and, and Tomasi, uh, which obviously is not not, not a great uh, uh, defensive setup when you're trying to defend against a header. Yeah, the the coordination on the man marking um, for the past two matches, especially the I'm uh, just thinking about the the Atlanta uh, almost did it again, not Atlanta, Austin, uh, the Austin match. You know, they had trouble man marking folks when there were long crosses into the box. I think both of their goals, both of Austin's goals came off of missed assignments with balls coming into the box. And then we saw it again on this, on Glad's goal, um, where, where Glad makes a late run into the box. Surio checks his shoulder, sees Glad at the top of the box, doesn't check it again. And Glad has already made a run in between the center backs there. Um, and he just snuck in and, and got on the end. It was a good cross, good cross in, but it was again, uh, another failure in the man marking, between the center backs and the 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 center defensive mid of of Cerillo. there was a little bit of a let off against Austin because they had the high press, and this kind of gets into the personnel that you were talking about of not being able to have, you know, the the top choice or that that top four that was really uh, doing well. They saw against Austin, you know, they, they did the high press and were able to really. Um to really stamp out a lot of problems from Austin before they even got started. And, but once they, once Austin was able to, once FC Dallas kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit and the, uh, the Austin pressure came in, then we started to see it get exposed a little bit more. And, and with the, the personnel package that FC Dallas had for RSL, there wasn't really, you can't really, do a high press with Hara because he'll last about 30, 45 minutes and then need to be subbed off. Um, Obreon, you know, are you going to trust him to make good choices in the high press? Questionable. Um, and then Paxton's coming off of an injury. What's his fitness like? We don't know. So like you can't make that call to do a high press, but that just exposed the, the FC Dallas back line and, and defensive triangle, if you will, um, for, I think at least two, if not all three of RSL's goals on the night. Yeah. One of the things you, you did see consistently, and this is, and I'll, I'll go across the same two matches as you are, right? Cause it's, it's, a, it's definitely a similar pattern between the, with the game with Austin and the game with RSL uh, is that the, um, the, the opposing teams are attacking Ryan's side. So it's the Ryan Hedges side, which is interesting, right? And then cutting across and kind of really making trouble in that zone 14 spot, right? Which is where, you know, Mr. Edwin Cerillos should be cleaning things up, right? And uh, the, ma- making the runs or uh, or doing, you know, in the in the case of, uh, of this last match, it was, I think, the, the third goal that was basically, you know, unmarked from the top of the box, right? Right. Uh, yeah, Rusnak's goal. Rusnak's goal, yeah. and so we're seeing, we are starting to see that piece break down a little bit. And I don't know if it's, um, 
if coaches are seeing something, right, that they're they're thinking that they can take advantage of uh, FC Dallas's left side a little bit more, which is kind of interesting because that's the the more veteran side of the of the back line. Um, and then also, yeah, there's you know with without an experienced kind of six in there with uh, for, for FC Dallas, it seems like. Uh, the opportunities to score from the top of the box or make runs from the top of the box is, has been there for uh, both RSL and Austin. Yeah. I wonder also if part of the problem is, and this is kind of maybe a tangent I just thought of, if Hedges and Tafari are kind of maybe too alike in the way that they play and the, their their instincts on who they're going to mark, which you know kind of leads to like that split second of neither doubt or like, oh, poop, who do I mark now, right? Like, um, it's, I'm wondering if there's, there's some of that. Um, cause you, I mean, you didn't see as much of it when you had Brisson and Tafari together or Hedges and Brisson, or, um, you know, I, you had two, two center backs that kind of complemented each other instead of kind of tried to occupy or not occupy the same space, but kind of mark the same, have the same marking tendencies. Yeah. I could see that. Cause neither one of those guys, if, it, if, if it's, let's say Brisson, right. Um, one of the things that we love and hate about Brisson is he's he will aggressively come out of the box to to, to stop something, right? Um, and you see that some with uh, you'll see that with uh, with Tafari too, some um, not as much, right? But that's also he's a he's a more young, inexperienced player. You probably want him to sit back a little bit more. Um, and we know that Hedges you know, Hedges reads the game very well, right? But uh, making long runs, defend, defensive recovery runs is not his uh, forte, right? So uh, he generally will stay close as well. Yep. So uh, that leads us to the go-ahead goal um, in the second half where Martinez kind of um, the ball gets worked in uh, on the left. There's a shot at the, from the kind of the left top of the box. Um, shot comes in, Felipe punches it away, makes a decent save, but on the backside of the goal, there is Martinez un- unmarked and just kind of taps it home. Uh, again, uh, it's the the possession at the top of the, the box kind of gets FC Dallas all, and I've used this word, it, there's no other word, it's they, they're discombobulated, they're, they're, un, they're out of sorts. Ryan Hollingshead wasn't, in the back line, he was up in, you know, uh, outside of the box marking somebody. And, um, you know, the, the Martinez just kind of slips behind Matt Hedges and is able to, to be right there where the rebound happens is kind of a little bit of a bit of bad luck, but also just a failure to recognize that somebody's slipped in there. Yeah. And the, I think that initial save from Felipe was actually really good because it was, the it was a, it was a nice reaction save save because the, it did deflect it off of um, another player on the way in and so he he caught it but yeah put it in a in a horrible place um, and you know I think that we see you know we we, we talked early on about the uh, you know the different absences for the club I think the one that we felt the most as fans watching this uh, and the, the the club missed the most was was Jimmy uh, and and I think part of that is just you know, we, we, we saw, we saw, you know, Felipe put that uh, ball kind of in front of a opposing player kind of deflects it, but doesn't put it in a great place. And then I know we're about to get into the last goal, which was you know, really just, just a bad well, save. Right. Well, well, hang, well, hang on. Like 
I think you may have just touched on something that might kind of actually tangentially apply to the discussion we just had about Hedges and Tafari. Um, with with Felipe and instead of Maurer, Maurer's been that vocal leader from the back and an organizer and, um, you know, somebody who will shout at his players and let them know what's going on. I'm wondering if that those, you know, backside runs and the, the marking assignment misses, if there's some bit of, um, you know, Maurer not being there, that's, that's contributing to that. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think Maurer definitely does a good job of organizing the back line a little bit better than Felipe would. Part of that is part of that's language, right? And then part of that is just years of experience, right? There's a, I don't know the exact number is, you know, a 10 year difference between those guys, maybe more, uh, of, of, of experience, right. Uh, at a professional level. And so, uh, I think that helps FC Dallas. I don't know, you know, if, if, if I was going to say, Hey, would, you know, would Jimmy have been here, cut out that first goal? I don't think so. I think that re- regardless, uh, of what uh, Jimmy was yelling, you know, it's, uh, it was, Four, four, four against two on the back post, right? Um, even if Edwin made it back, uh, I don't know if he's going to win that that header. Uh, he's not exactly a tall guy either. So, um, yeah, may- I'm just thinking out loud here. I mean, you said it, and it made me have a, yeah, but the, a little bit of a spark. But but the I next two I, goals. I just don't think sure. that Felipe. I don't think I saw Felipe like open his mouth and talk to anybody at once during the match. Like I was, I noticed him just kind of just doing stuff, but not talking. Uh, and it got to the point where I was looking for it and I still didn't see him open his mouth uh, as in at any of the close-up shots. And there were a lot of close-up shots in this match. Uh, too many, too many close-up shots. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's to me that, that hole without having, having Jimmy there. So we, let's, let's hope he gets back. I think that was probably the, of, of all the gaps, obviously, you know, everybody's excited because Pepe was on a, on a tear and would love to see him there. But I think that uh, we've kind of gotten spoiled of having Jimmy, who I think we've talked in the past on this, well, I know we've talked on the past in this pod is kind of the MVP for the season. Like he's been the consistently best player. Uh, and so it's you know, not having him line up, right. This might be one of those ones where uh, he, he could have, could have been the difference maker. Maybe, maybe FC Dallas walks away with a point. Maybe. Um, Do you want to? Yeah. I mean, there's a, a couple of other things that I, that I, took away from this so number uh you know one, one of those things is looking at the performance of of obreon right and so uh, i mean i <laughs> we have we can't get away without talking about you've got to you got to yeah i think that well he's got he definitely has some skills <laughs> speed is one <laughs> of those yes he's 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 definitely definitely good at testing defensive lines and i think that he had overall uh if i look at the 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 game against, um, actually, the, probably the two prior games, both against Houston and against Austin, uh, I think Obreon played pretty well. Actually, played quite a bit of defense in those games too, which is something we hadn't seen. Uh, one of the things that I think continues to frustrate, uh, you know, me watching it, you know, and and is how quickly that guy goes down, right? Uh, taking taking yep. contact and, and and trying to draw a foul, and I think that that's there's a lot of people who are probably upset that uh, there was no penalty calls or VAR reviews in the match, uh, and we're going to point to the to the to the ref. You know, nobody likes Toledo, right? Including myself, <laughs> the Toledo torpedo. But you know, I also I also feel like if uh, Obreon 
and he's probably the worst, right? Didn't go down so easily, right? I, I think some of the, you know, I think FC Dallas is starting to get a little bit of that reputation, right? So kind of like the time wasting yeah. reputation. It's also that hey, they're they're trying to get, trying to trying to get the foul as opposed to trying to make the move for the goal. Yeah, I mean, what I didn't realize, um, you know, for a couple of years of watching MLS is just that the the referees are kind of on a rotation. And so you'll see referees who who normally are the you know the the one out there on the field they'll they'll rotate to fourth to the fourth official and be on the sideline and there have been a couple matches where Toledo has been the fourth official I think even maybe even re, very recently um, and you know that when they're on when they're on the sideline and they're watching the, these this these games they see the players and they see the tendencies of these players and and it's pretty. It's pretty evident what uh, the that that uh, Obreon has a little bit of a reputation for being a flopper and just going down very like a like a stack of bricks or whatever. Ooh, insert colloquialism for falling down a lot, and that's why it's good. I think that that Paxton's back, and I think when when uh, Shun comes back, which you know for, from international, he, he will likely I think he'll be back in town uh, before the San Jose match. Whether or not he'll play, I think he's. He either has a Wednesday match or a Thursday match uh, for Hungary. So international flight back, I, I, I don't know if he'll be ready to play. Um, I'm sure he will be from a uh, – since we know he's probably not going to get a lot of minutes from a fitness level, but that's uh, – you know, it's a long way to travel and not practice the team and, and hop well, in. Well, here's a question. He did play against England. Does he now have to like quarantine or else people will come onto the field to take him off? Or does that just happen in Brazil? Oh, that might happen everywhere, man. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen in MLS, but that is actually one of the things. I, d- I don't know what the uh, the official rules were. I know that that last year uh, MLS did a lot of private charters, right, to allow yep. for players to return and not quarantine. Uh, I, I don't know offhand, you know, Shun's vaccination status, but I do know that you know Dan Hunt mentioned at one point it was like 90-plus percent of the team. So, you know, I'll assume that he's one of those. Uh, so I don't know if that, I don't know what the MLS rules are for, you know, returning players, uh, oh, that have been well, vaccinated. We'll find out. But the, I guess the one thing that, that we were screaming out, uh, was, you know, where, where, where the hell were the subs, Mr. Nation? <laughs> yep. I mean, that was, that, that was the one thing that I think jumped out, uh, at me was, you know, Okay, obviously, whatever's happening on the field was not working, you know, despite which we haven't got into, you know, a, a moment of brilliance from Jesus Ferreira, right? Uh, this was this was a bit of a beatdown in the second half. Yeah, and and you know, it's one of those ones where you're looking and and you go down two to one, and okay, maybe maybe at that point you can think, all right, things aren't necessarily going terribly. You like you trust the people on the field, you trust the game plan. Um, you want to, and things are going fine. You just might be down a goal. Maybe you can think on that at that point. Let's let's keep what who what we got and and, and go for it. But it, that wasn't the case after that second goal. FC Dallas had lost all the momentum. They were under pressure. They were having still having a hard time getting the ball through midfield to relieve that pressure. Uh, and and then they ended up paying for it. And it, I believe. I mean, how how do you have the stats pulled up? Like, how far after that third goal did we see those substitutions? Yeah, the only the only sub that we saw before that was the fitness one for Paxton taking him off right in the 68th minute, uh, and there's this, the 72nd minute was when the uh, RSL went up three to one, 
and you know it was four minutes after that that we saw you know uh you know faku and uh, andre ricarte and justin Cho- che all come yeah. in right and so that's so like five minutes too late <laughs> yeah i mean five five minutes too late and it's it's Lucci's watching the same game as 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 we are. Uh, there's there's no way you're watching that game and think that uh, FC Dallas is controlling it, right? Because they they definitely have lot, had lost control of the match uh, by the kind of 65th, 70th minute. So I, that was the piece that I just yeah I really don't understand. I know that uh, you know Faku Cunyon is coming off of injury, and so maybe you know he's trying to limit some minutes, but uh, you know with with the trouble that FC Dallas was having with, uh, with possession, uh, you know, making a move like bringing in Ricarte seemed like, uh, seemed like something that should have been done closer to the 60th yeah. or 65th minute. Right. Um, versus, you know, 76th minute when you're, you, you now you're, you're chasing the game. Yeah, but definitely questionable. Um, and you know, I think we kind of talked a little bit about this while the match was going on. We were having a little text thread and about, FC, what is it with FC Dallas coaches and even even maybe even uh, Greg Berhalter, right? Of of not wanting to sub. And I remember that being a big criticism criticism of Oscar Pereja. Um, it's now, I mean, I guess Lucci's kind of a student of Oscar. And then Greg Berhalter, we saw in the match against Canada, didn't make a sub until the end. Like, what what's what, what is going on here? Is this an ep- it's an epidemic? It, well, <laughs> those those are those are all very different s- scenarios where I, but yeah, Shh. but uh, let me uh, let me have it. Yeah, yes, but uh, if you're if you're down two to one and you're away and all the momentum is against you, uh, it's 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 time to make a sub. Yes. Yep. Uh, and and for 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 sure, I think this is this is one of those ones where not, I don't do it often, right? Where I feel like Lucci kind of got a bit outcoached, dropped the ball a bit uh, in in this match, which is weird because don't doesn't RSL have an interim coach at the moment? <laughs> uh, yes. So hey, it, it maybe it might it might even be fair. Where I mean, honestly, I don't know if maybe maybe outcoached is. Uh, is a, a bad thing to say because yes, I don't think it was necessarily the RSL was being coached well. They were just outperforming FC Dallas and Lucci didn't respond. Right? I don't. I don't think. Yep. That, I don't think there was some significant tactical shift from RSL that Lucci wasn't able to keep up on. It was just that the team was getting bulldozed. Yeah, I mean, and that's even even that. Like the response has always been a big question mark for Lucci that he's yet to figure out. Of like, how do you respond when your game plan doesn't go go? as planned um i I did want to touch a little bit on something that i did notice about that match that has changed so we talked a little bit about that being about the problem of not um adjusting well for lucci what we have seen and it seems to have worked out you know fairly well this not necessarily in this case on the score line but we have seen a a, a Lucci Gonzalez drop the that like defensive posture he was always taking on the road. We've seen these games, these are way matches be a lot more entertaining over the past month, month and a half. And it seems like like this you you there's no difference between how he's approaching away matches away mattresses, away matches um as he does than he does with the home matches anymore. Um and I think 
part of that might be just be because of, you know, we're in the, the last throws of the season. There's, I mean, you kind of have to just go for it. And I think maybe part of it is he learned that that's just, you know, not working uh, of, of sitting back and trying to be defensive on the road and just get a point. No, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And part of it might also be, be personnel, right? Like because, uh, you know, he would play a lot of double sixes or, you know, three center backs and he's not had, uh, that opportunity. Right. And I guess if, <laughs> I guess if, if you, if you don't, uh, get any points, seven games in a row away from, uh, away from home, it's, you, you might want to try something different. So it is good to see, uh, it does definitely makes for a more entertaining match. Uh, yes. and, and I do think that, uh, you know, overall the team, I mean, the way that they've been playing more uh, offensively aggressive, uh, maybe maybe the balance has shifted a bit, right? Then, then as opposed to starting defensively first. I mean, Lucci, I think maybe Lucci's determined that this is uh, he's got to do something different. And, and to be honest, you know, his job is on the line to likely, right, to actually get some results this year. And so he's he's got to do something, right? And so this whole you know, this, this offensive revival over the last five or six weeks, right. is a lot to do with just how he's been playing the personnel, right. In addition to individuals playing, you know, uh, particularly well, right. In the case of, uh, Jesus and Pepe and, and Shun. Yeah. Well, we did mention that it, the season is waning. There is not much of it left. We're in the last, Last portion of it. Games are becoming more rare by the day. Uh, Jonathan, FC Dallas is what third from the from bottom from the bottom on the table on the outside of the playoffs, looking in about five points behind RSL. Yep. Um, what? What? Let's, let me just ask you this: What do you think needs to happen uh, if, from an FC Dallas perspective, for FC Dallas to actually make the playoffs? Uh, I, I hate to say it, Dustin, but I, I think they're to the point now where uh, it, for FC Dallas to have a realistic chance of making the playoffs, uh, they have to be the best team in the league for the rest of the year. That's no pressure. No, no pressure. And in, in, in reality, that's where it is, right? If you, if you look across the last six or seven you know, non-COVID years, right, you've got to get you know, a team's got to get generally to about 48 points to get uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I think there's been a, you know, maybe one year where you sneaked in at 47 or 46, but for the most part, you got to have 48 points to make it. FC Dallas has 11 matches to go and have to get 23 points out of those, which would, you know, you know 2.09 points per game, which would, uh, I think, be better than everybody except for uh, New England, right, across the, uh, across the entire league. Uh, and looking at their schedule... You know, it's they've got of those eleven games, six at home, five on the road. Uh, magically, to get to twenty three points, they have to win every home game, and they have to get one point for every road game. So that's okay. a, or so basically, win one out of every three road games. Uh, either win one out of every three, or tie every one, or whatever. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So yes, it's. I, I know it's that we keep thinking how oh, it's dire. Right. Yeah, we keep thinking. Yeah, it's getting. They're still close. They can make a run. The West is bad, but um, I mean, in in reality, it's it's to the point now where it's it's 
like I said, they have to be the best. <laughs> the, that'd be the best team in the league for the next eleven games to to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's not that's not looking like something that this team at the moment is capable of doing. You know, there's as long as there's a chance, right? So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, you can't can't write them off, but it's not looking promising at all. Yeah, I mean, yes, they've got. I mean, overall, uh, their remaining opponents too are uh, for the majority are below the playoff line. I think that probably their two toughest opponents would be uh, they've got one against LA Galaxy and another against SKC, uh, which are you know both in the top four in the West. So you know, from that perspective, that's it's good. But I mean, I think that. You know, Lucci's got to figure out what he's got with his club, right? And so I think it's it's time to, you know, continue to to, to try things, right? Make sure that the guys who are going to be here next year are the guys that are on the field, right? Uh, because yeah, the the chances of of FC Dallas making the playoffs, and if they do, I mean, I, I would say if they do, it'd be miraculous if they do anything. But honestly, if they if they manage to pick up twenty three points from from eleven. 11 games and they'll probably be in pretty good shape to, to make that's like a seattle sounders stuff right. there yeah so it's like pick up the 23 points and then roll into the mls cup <laughs> yep of course that's that's still coming in in seventh place but still uh so it'd be uh be away matches uh but it's i mean it's i still think that there's this is an exciting club right so there's there's some things um that lucci can do i mean i'd love to see uh in this next match i'd love to see um you know faku start to get a few more minutes right we uh you know he was playing playing well before he got injured right and i think that missing kind of that uh more veteran presence in the middle i think has been uh you know detrimental to the club obviously having a costa back will be nice although i, I don't know if he'll be playing in the next game against san jose but i mean lucci's got some options uh but you know this is the the time is now right there's no there's yeah. no more dropping points at home or uh, or you know honestly <laughs> or or having you know flat performances right yeah i mean historically fc Dallas has had that summer swoon and and then they come off of it in september so they're gonna need they're gonna need something like that and uh, turbocharged so all right well what, what does fc dallas have next week so next week uh, fc dallas has a home match against uh San Jose, who, you know, have always been, it seems like a, a tough team for, uh, for FC Dallas for, for some reason. Yeah. There uh, was a little bit of a bogey team. There was a little bit. In, in fact, that, that one, when I mentioned that, you know, one time in the last five or six years, you only needed like 46 or 47 points. Uh, that one of those was when FC Dallas tied San Jose with 46 points and missed the playoffs. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, you know, that, you know, going forward, we've got the, the club has San Jose at home, and then they're on the road for three matches against uh, New York City FC. Luckily, uh, in a, yeah, on Red an Bull actual Stadium. actual yeah. actual soccer pitch, which would be nice. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Houston and Vancouver, and so I mean, this is yeah. The the, the next few games are going to be going to be you know pretty important, right? But at this point, right, every every game for the remaining eleven is 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 important for the club to be able to get results. And we shall see how they do that on Saturday against San Jose. Well, I think that about wraps things up. Anything else you want to touch on, Jonathan, before we uh, bid adieu? No, Dustin. I was uh, 
it was good catching up. You know, uh, hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, the U.S. would have actually picked up a, a win on the road, the U.S. men's national team. So, you know, let's let's be hopeful for that going into the week. So it's it's not it's not all all, all dire going forward. Yes. Well, FC Dallas and U.S. men's national team fans are are not unaccustomed to just only having hope. That's right. So, so we gotta, gotta believe, gotta, man. Got gotta believe. Down. That's so right. I believe that we will win. That's right. All right. If you like what you heard today, you can subscribe in your podcast app. Just scroll, uh, hit that subscribe button. Um, you can catch us online at DallasSoccerShow.com or over at the TheStrikerTexas.com. We are on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. Jonathan has his own handle. He's at JonathanRoz12. Uh, hit us up there. We'll continue the conversation over there. Uh, and uh, for Jonathan, I'm Dustin Nation. Thanks so much for listening, everybody.